0: Welcome to Fireproof Your Finances, a show with 30 minutes of real questions, real concepts, and real answers. Your hosts are Michael and Vanessa Markey, a husband and wife duo with a playful on-air dynamic and common sense approach toward teaching listeners how to take control of their finances. Michael is the numbers and strategies guy who is passionate about solving financial issues
1: the standard deviation i mean i would talk about standard deviation as well but they talk about the the beta the alpha the standard deviation of the particular uh, mutual fund allocation that we're looking at vanessa is the down-to-earth voice
0: of reason pulling his reins in
2: okay but your five thousand dollar couch isn't going to turn around and pay for something if you have a catastrophic event
0: this philosophy has led michael and his firm legacy financial network to receive national recognition from being named one of the 10 most innovative agencies in the country by am best to being deemed a local celebrity from Insurance Newsnet Magazine, and a hero to the insurance industry from Life Health Pro. He has even been given the Moving America Forward Award from William Shatner.
3: And now, here are your hosts, Michael and Vanessa Markey. Good morning, Fireproof Your Finances listeners. This is producer Mitch filling in for Michael and Vanessa, as they were not able to do a show today. But... They wanted me to do something a little bit different. For you longtime listeners, you know that the show used to be called Fireproof Your Retirement, and Michael has gone through a couple different co-hosts. So today we're going to go through kind of the history of the show and some of the previous co-hosts that the show has had, until finally landing on the lovely Vanessa Markey. So first off, we have a show from 2013 with the co-host Graydon and Michael talking about taxes. I know some national media has said that economic mobility doesn't really
0: exist. They claim that if you start out in the lower socioeconomic brackets, that it's nearly impossible to move out. Like so many issues, it seems as though you can change the channel and find a different statistic that shows how much opportunity that there is.
1: What are your thoughts? I think it'll make it, I think it'll be a surprise to a lot of people, but I'm not a big fan of statistics. Statistics can be used really to say whatever you want. And one of the ones that I, I came up with myself and kind of like to use is that imagine if Bill Gates were at a soup kitchen and he was serving, say, a uh, hundred homeless people. And then uh, we released a, st- a statistic that said, well, why are we giving money to the soup kitchen? Because out of that 101 people there, the average net worth per capita was in the tens of millions. Well, we certainly know that the average person Person in that soup kitchen wasn't wealthy but that Bill Gates individual wealth you know brought up that average net worth per capita so statistics certainly can be misleading second part of what you kind of talked about there is that uh, I do believe in the American dream and I think it is alive and it's well and that there is economic mobility it is uh, available you can move from a lower socioeconomic bracket to a higher one and one of the things that I think of is kind of the story of our own company here at legacy and that we were we founded this company and started down this path later 2009. And it was during really the midst of the worst financial uh, meltdown and crisis that we've seen in our lifetimes and certainly one of the worst in the country's history. We did it during a time that the larger companies were pulling out. They were downsizing. When everyone was running out of this area, we went in. And, and at the same time, when we went into it, we avoided high commission and high cost products. We did so with a, a feeling that, hey, if we provide, if we work harder than others, but we provide something different, more service. And we provide more education than what anybody else has done. If we're different, people will notice. And so we were very blessed with the opportunities that we were afforded. I do believe that everyone's kind of given different opportunities. And I'm just thankful that we uh, we had the courage to see that opportunity and go forward with that opportunity.
0: I saw the Pew Institute release a study indicating most Americans, about 43%, believe if you work hard, you can move up the ladder. Yet in reality, 70% of those who start at the bottom remain
1: at the bottom. I know you just mentioned why you don't like statistics, but what are your thoughts on this? Well, the statistic that the Pew Institute released, I don't think necessarily negates that. They said 60 or 70% of the time that's not true. And yet, if you look at their statistic, 40% of America believes it is true, 60 don't. So 60 say it's not true, and 70% of the time it doesn't happen. So I think that's pretty in line. I I do think of uh, a Henry Ford quote, and he said, whether you think you can or can't, either way you're right. And I think that sometimes can be applicable. One other piece, though, that was in that report that I think a lot of times people ignore Uh, was a piece in there that said dual income households. So two-income households were three-and-a-half times more likely to exit the lower uh, socioeconomic group than single-earning households. And what that means to me, and I know we've seen a lot of this data on, through the media uh, on TV and radio, and unfortunately, I think the media a lot of times makes this a race issue. I, I don't think it's a race issue at all. I think it's a an age issue. You know, young men need to start being a father. They need to start paying child support. Stay part of the family and be a role model. Get a job, and I don't really care what kind of job it is. At least it's a job. You know whether you got to go flip burgers at McDonald's. Yeah, we had a whole conversation about minimum wage and working wage, but it's a job. You're you're showing this you know work ethic at an early age to your children and setting an example. And I think young women need to be more selective. I'm amazed by the number of women out there who have children from multiple fathers who are still unwed. And at what point do you realize that there's there's kind of a cause and effect relationship between instant gratification and babies and uh, the, those type of things shock me. And we I think we'll be able to later get into more reasons why. I believe a lot of people are stuck in that lower socioeconomic group. So you don't see a problem here? I hope nobody took it as that. I, I do believe that there's a problem. I also see that there's opportunity though. I see that nearly one out of three people who start at the bottom move up. I've seen data that suggests equally that people, one third of the people that are in the top bucket move down to the middle or even lower than that. So I, I think there's upward mobility. and I think there's downward mobility. I do believe that, um, you know, life's not always going to be fair though. Some of us are going to have better health. There's going to be some people that are smarter than others. There's going to be some who work harder than others. And, uh, and, and some that don't work hard as others, have different priorities. And all these little things, and maybe there's a dozen or so of them, these are
3: gonna add up over time and and translate
1: into different outcomes and realities. We're gonna take
3: a quick break and we'll be back with the best of Fireproof Your Finances.
1: As part of National
2: Consumer Protection Week, the International Association of Registered Financial Consultants advises you to make sure your financial professional adheres to a code of ethics. Our designated members meet stringent requirements in experience, education, examination, licensing, conduct, and ethics. Visit www.iarfc.org. That's www.iarfc.org to find a financial consultant in your area. Michael, what? just because we don't have a car payment doesn't mean that you get to go on eBay and buy whatever you want because it was a good deal.
1: All right, so a lot of our listeners know I probably have a problem when it comes to vehicles. We have old classics, even some new classics, we got UNX Limo, we even have a fire truck. How do you find a place that can do everything, all those different type of vehicles, transmissions, oil changes, little repairs, big repairs? It's pretty hard. I've been taking all of our cars to Global Auto Works in Grand Haven for at least the last five years.
2: And Mike asks the hard questions that nobody seems to be able to answer, so if he can trust them, so can you. If you're having car trouble, go to Global Auto Works. Their phone number is 616-499-4451. That's 616-499-4451.
1: Say Mike and Vanessa sent you. Their number is 616-499-4451.
3: 499-4451. And welcome back to segment two of Fireproof Your Finances with me, producer Mitch, filling in for Michael and Vanessa. Now, on our next leg of the journey in the Fireproof Your Finances history, back when it was still called Fireproof Your Retirement, we had a second co-host, and that would have been Tony. And again, this show is from 2014, but this time they're talking about should your advisor look at your tax return?
0: So, Mike, I know, and I'm sure our listeners know by now, your fascination with taxes and compounding interest. But maybe we should wait until tax season to discuss taxes.
1: Tony, my... Book, we're really approaching tax season. We're almost there if you kind of think about it this way. Here's the problem I noticed, though. So many plans um, only consider taxes during the beginning months of a year and not the end. If you had to guess, when do you think most people do their tax planning? Well, I'd
0: assume they'd be planning and discussing taxes normally around March or April of each year.
1: I don't have any statistics showing when people actually, you know, what's the most favorable time that people work on their taxes, but I can share with everyone what I've personally noticed from the people that we serve, from the people that we meet with. Most people that we meet with only really start to work on their taxes during the March and April months, kind of like you would expect. Some might be proactive and maybe go to work on them in February, but this causes a really big problem. Hmm, What problem is that? Tony, when we do our taxes in February, March, or April, we're asking our CPA or our accountant or who you know whoever helps us with something that happened in the past, we're asking them to minimize the taxes due on income we've already taken. Maybe they'll look at a return and say, hey, it really makes sense for you to make an IRA contribution, but they're not going to be able to do much in the way of minimizing the taxes on future income. How does planning in the fall make a difference from planning in the spring? do most advisors do tax planning? I think this is pretty important. I personally do not give tax advice. I know you might be thinking, well, sure, you're sitting here talking about it, but I'm not trying to give tax advice. I can't say that most advisors can or cannot give this sort of advice. What I can say, though, and everyone listening, if your advisor doesn't have the proper licensing, then they're not qualified to give the advice. doesn't mean that we're not able to or maybe that we don't think we're able to, but we're not qualified and we're not insured in case we give you bad advice.
0: In the past, you've discussed how if you're not properly licensed, you cannot give advice, but
1: you can give ideas. Is that what you're referring to? Tony, that's exactly what I'm referring to. So we can't give advice, but we can give you some ideas. If we say something that makes some sense to listeners here, then guys, you really need to first consult your tax professional. Don't just go out and do it. You know, talk to a tax professional. That's the same advice, though, we give our clients. When we think uh, we see something that might help, we say, "Hey, take that. We'll write it down." And hey, take this to your CPA. Or uh, we've even got a group of CPAs that that we hired to to kind of do that uh, that work here in our office as well. So, why is it important for your advisor to review your return? It seems like that's the accountant's job, Tony. You know what? There lies the problem. Most people have great CPAs or accountants and they therefore assume their advisor doesn't need to see the return. Problem number 1, your taxes or I'm sorry, your tax return, especially if you're not at the age where you're taking distributions, will have little or no reflection of the balances in your qualified savings. Qualified meaning principal that's qualified to be taxed, so
0: IRAs, 401Ks and employer sponsored plans.
1: Why does that matter though? Imagine, if you don't have your advisor reviewing your tax return, then you have a very qualified, intelligent, proficient accountant or CPA preparing your tax return and doing some maybe tax planning, such as IRA contributions or Roth conversions, maybe even Roth contributions, without knowing what you truly have in retirement assets. So they're working with half of the picture. Uh, Let's think of it this way. They're a five foot tall quarterback in the NFL. Sure, they might have the best arm, they might have the best uh, completion rate, but they can't see far enough upfield to see the potential defenders waiting to intercept the pass. They only can see half the field because they're too short to see over the offensive and defensive lines. (laughs) Well, Mike, what about our non-football fan listeners? Tony, it's approaching football season, so I kind of wanted to use a football scenario, but um, you know what, and... Football season come on, coming on, I guess, brings my usual taunting of, of MSU fans, although over the last few years, it's kind of becoming a much more difficult in order to do that. Anyway, uh, non-sports related analogy, if your CPA doesn't know all of your savings, which they won't, and your advisor doesn't know all of your tax info, which they won't unless they're reviewing your taxes, then it's like preparing dinner without having a clue as to how many people will jo- be joining you. Um, but... On the the plus side, you'll know at least what time they'll be there. You only have half the picture. You You might make too much or way too little, but hey, at least the food will be served at the right time, right? Well, it's no better even if the situation is flipped around. So you'll know you have 20 dinner guests, but no clue as to which night they're coming. You might make the right amount of food, but who knows if it'll be ready too soon, on time, or obviously too late. Mike, you're focusing a lot on the tax return. What are
0: some of the areas advisors should be helping clients out with on the return that
1: maybe the CPA doesn't? A big line for us is line 43. After the show, well, of course, after the show, not during the show, we're only on for 15 minutes, but after the show, grab your tax return and find line 43. This will be your taxable income. If you're married and it's between, if you're married, And your number on line 43 is between about 18,000 and 72,000, then you're in the 15% tax bracket. I met an individual the other day and he was skeptical, despite being referred to me, about releasing any information. I said, uh, He said, our CPA must be doing something right because we hardly ever owe anything more and we don't pay in that much at all. Earlier, you said that if someone's
0: taxable income is actually greater than zero but less than 18000 that they weren't leaving deductions on the table, but were leaving a tax
1: benefit. What do you mean by that? Can you clarify? Good point. And it ties perfectly to the last example I gave you. So instead of saying let's materialize $5,000 from the IRA per year to the Roth, um, let's look at adding 18000 because if we add $18,000, the 18000 Plus the five, uh, or I'm sorry, minus the five. So the eighteen minus the five thousand dollars of deductions we still had only put us at eighteen thousand dollars of taxable income. I think I'm with you.
0: Five thousand of conversion brings them to zero taxable, and an additional eighteen thousand brings them to eighteen thousand of taxable income,
1: which brings them to the top of the ten percent tax bracket. Right. I asked them, do you think there's ever going to be a 5% tax bracket? Or at least in the near future, do you think the IRS might give us more deductions or exemptions? I'm sure they said no. I can't imagine too many people listening out there who would think differently that would think that we will get more deductions or better tax rates. If you do, email us Email us. questions at legacyfinancialnetwork.com. Mike, why the end of the year? Why not spring or summer? Because you never know what's going to happen. If we convert... Uh, funds in the spring and all of a sudden you decide that you want to spend more money or you got to buy this, or you want to give money to the kids, it might make
3: this plan not work at all. You might jump into the next uh, tax bracket and we want to avoid that. We're going to take one more quick break and then we'll be back with the last segment of the history of Fireproof Your Finances.
0: United Airlines makes it easy to fly from Muskegon County Airport with a travel-friendly schedule and competitive airfares. Haven't flown from Muskegon in a while? Fly locally with a short commute and parking located just steps from the terminal. Check-in and security lines are never more than 50 passengers per flight. At the end of your trip, get your bags quickly and be home in no time. Flights depart daily at 6.30 a.m. and 1 p.m. Starting mid-February, the evening flight arrives at 11.20 p.m. to maximize return flight options from most locations. It
3: pays to check Muskegon. Egan first at united.com. Retirement today looks much different than it has in the past, but it doesn't have to. New generation retirement planning offers a holistic approach to preparing for your golden years. You are invited to a complimentary social security workshop to learn how you can utilize this holistic approach to retirement planning. For times, location, and to reserve your seat at one of these workshops, call Legacy Financial Network at 855-LF-NETWORK. Or visit us at LegacyFinancialNetwork.com to learn more. And welcome back to the final segment of Fireproof Your Finances with me, producer Mitch, filling in for Michael and Vanessa. Now, the next step of our journey would be when Mike was doing a solo show, and this would be when it was still a 15-minute long show before he got the 30-minute show and before he brought on the final and, let's say, the best co-host the show has ever had, Vanessa. So here is Michael talking about investing like a Keurig from 2016.
1: So today I think it's appropriate we talk about the market a little bit. This has a lot of people pretty worried right now. Well, and you can see, it depends on where you tune tune into, where you get your news, but there's a lot of opinions right now. Some are saying the market's headed for a unprecedented 2016 in a good way. Some say this is start of a bear market. Others say it's just part of a bull market and you're left sitting there wondering who's right. You know, I've heard these other radio advisors and they'll talk about everybody should have all their money in green. You have to have an equity protected product. You've heard me kind of scream about and ran about this before. It drives me nuts when people put their own term to something. If it's not called an equity protected product, you probably shouldn't make up your own name for it. But that's just my own particular opinion. And then you hear like a Dave Ramsey who says everything should be in red. Hmm. Who do I believe? Who's right? And only time will tell who's right. You know, I um, uh, I I purchased Dave Ramsey's very first book before he had an editor. And um, he wrote in there. Now, this was 1992. So put that in perspective. I mean, this was 24 years ago. But 1992, he wrote that a financial plan, you should count on 18% compounded growth, gains, returns. Think about that. 18%. And in fact, he even said 14% is easy. And then he cites that most mutual funds will make you somewhere between 20 and 30%. Hmm. We know now that that obviously is not what continued to happen. The 80s and early 90s, you know, very unusual periods of time when looking at the market. Now, this what I want to do is instead of just looking at the short-term time horizons, let's talk about this as an overall aggregate. So I ran every 10-year period since 1992 when Dave came up with that book, every single 10-year period starting in January of each year. The compounded annual growth rate, the compounded rate of return, sometimes we use terms that kind of go above people's heads, what people actually made, and I'm ignoring fees, and I'm just assuming they just invested directly in the S&P 500. The average return each of those 10-year periods was about 6.5%. And what does that tell us? Well, we look at the 80s and 90s and we are well above that. And I like to think of this kind of like snowfall. See, if we have three, four, five years of snowfall that's well below our average, then what happens? Think about it. You can kind of look around the last couple years. What's happened? Well, we get dumped on, don't we? Because average snowfall of X inches per year doesn't mean that we get... A little bit above it, a little bit below it, a little above, a little below. It means we get a lot above, which always is going to, in turn, be followed at some point by a lot below. That's how we get the average. And the markets don't work any differently. So be careful using averages, because what we really, the question I want to ask is, what's your game plan? What is your plan? I talk to people all the time, and what I have realized is that most people are going through retirement or approaching retirement because and they have a financial advisor, investment advisor, insurance agent, CPA, whatever it may be. And they believe that that person, good, bad, or indifferent, but that person they believe has a plan. They say, Mike, they've got a plan for me, my money. And I always go, well, what is it? And you know what answer I get? It's this. Yeah, that. Silence. Because they have no idea what their plan is. And they go, Mike, I don't have to know my plan as long as the person that I'm trusting does. And the overwhelming, you know, coincidence here, the overwhelming um, consistency that we've noticed is when you go back and ask the plan, it's just, well, the market over time, here's what it averages and you'll be just fine if we get an 8% return, but we're spending six, you'll be, no problem, you'll be okay. That's not a plan, is it? Isn't that just kind of a blanket statement? Don't worry, the market will come back. Isn't that why we stopped trusting the financial markets to begin with? And you can kind of think of this like a football game. See, I never played football, but I did play basketball. I'd say I played basketball. I (laughs) I was one of three white guys on the team, one of which was the coach. So needless to say, I wasn't in very much. I was there for more support, I suppose. And, you know, I remember back then, even though I didn't play that much, that we had a game plan for each game. And the coach shared with us that game plan because we had to be um, part of implementing that game plan. Even the guy like me, the last one on the bench, not coming off unless it's a blowout. We're either way ahead or way behind. Even I was supposed to know what the game plan plan was. I had very little effect on whether that game plan would be executed um, properly or not. But yet I was still part of it because... We all need to know what direction we're going in because if we don't, how on earth can we work together? How do we know if we're working together with our advisor, CPA, insurance agent? Are we helping the plan? Are we working with them? Or are we working against? If you don't know what the plan is, then A, maybe you don't have a plan and B, you might not be helping the plan. See, we progressed through our options because we had a plan and I sat there last night watching Tom Brady just get pummeled and hit and I thought, how is it that, how on earth can you stay there throwing a pass knowing you're about to get hit? And I said that to my father-in-law. He said, Mike, they just practice it a million times and it's instinct. And I, and I took that as a good answer until I, you know, it kind of kept me up. I know I get, I'm I get, i kind of odd. I I stay up thinking about things no one else would. And I go, you know what, that's part of the answer. Part of the answer is he's done it a million times. But the other part is that there was a plan there. He knew that there was defenders, that there were blockers. There was tackles, I think they called it. I'm not a big football guy. That are designed to protect him, and that won't always work. But he knew that, you know, his role was to get that ball down there, and that if he gets hit, that's okay. And there's going to be times when he gets hit. There's going to be times when that plan doesn't go as anticipated, but as long as he puts the ball in that area, it's going to be caught or it's not, and that's okay as long as it doesn't grow the other team. And then I started thinking, you know what? In our industry, we always talk about is red money better than green? Is green money better than red? Are stocks better than bonds? Bonds better than stocks? Is cash better than not cash? Is gold better than silver? Is term life insurance better than whole life insurance? And you, the listener, are sat there caught in the middle. You don't know who to believe, who to listen to, who's right. And we all say we're right. Otherwise, we wouldn't say what we're saying. We look back and go, look, this 10-year time period, this is what you should have owned. And you go, that makes a lot of sense. Then you go to the next time, the 10-year time period and you go, why did I follow that advice? I got in 10 years too late. Financial peace in retirement is going to be achieved by the accumulation of perpetual income, not the accumulation of assets, not the elimination of debt. It's the amount of money that hits our bank account each month. Disagree with me? Ask anybody who's working and they're really comfortable in their um, in their salary, their monthly take-home. That's what gives them freedom to do the things they want to do. And how should we be investing money? Red money, you know, it drives me up a wall. And I hope you can get that. It drives me up a wall. These advisors say, everything should be green. Everything should be red. You're both wrong. Completely wrong. I'm sorry, but completely and utterly wrong. I don't see how somebody can call themselves an advisor if all they do is put everybody they meet with in the same thing. I, I met one advisor. He goes, I tell everyone to take Social Security at 62. I said, seriously? What if you have a doctor and you have somebody else who has 10 grand? That's a pretty big difference where everybody should be in green. Seriously. What if you have a doctor, you know, with $2 million of assets and used to high income and you have somebody else with 10,000, they should be the same. Everyone should be in red. Really? Seriously. What if you have a doctor with a high, you know, a decent amount of assets and used to a high level income compared to somebody with 10,000, everyone should be the same. That doesn't make any sense to me. How can you call yourself a planner when that's what you do? Then that's the quote-unquote plan you're putting together that everyone does this. That makes no sense. But I want to explain to you guys in a simple way on how your assets, in my opinion, should be separated. I want you to think of it like a Keurig, and maybe to everyone listening doesn't understand how a Keurig works, or maybe they don't have a Keurig. Most people do today. See, a Keurig works this way. You've got the water reservoir on the left-hand side, and it's room temp. It's cold. You wouldn't want to drink coffee at that temp. And then inside there's a mechanism and we call it the hot water reservoir. And what it does, it takes a little bit of water and it it heats it up to just piping hot. So you get this little reservoir of piping hot water and this big reservoir of room temperature water. And what happens? Well, the Keurig is going to mix a little bit of the piping hot water to a lot of the room temp water. And together combined, it creates this cup of coffee that you can enjoy Instantly, right now, you don't have to wait, you might give it a little blow uh, blow on it to cool it down, but not a lot, it's good, it's ready to go out of the box, right? That's how our assets should be. Because, you know, if it's everything's piping hot, you're not gonna be able to drink it, you're not gonna be able to enjoy it. If everything is room temp, you're not gonna want it, you can drink it, but you're not gonna want to. It's not gonna be very satisfying. But if we can have room temp water and piping hot water, See, we're separating our risk, aren't we? But together, when we mix it together, we can have something that's reasonable, something that we can stand, something that we can um, accept the volatility and the losses. But if we had all piping hot water, that's your red money. When things like right now happen, when the market is down up to 18, 20 percent, depending on how you're allocated, depending on how you're leveraged, you get scared, don't you? You're worried. Can I retire? Can I continue my retirement? Do I need to go back to work? Can I take out what I'm taking? Is it going to last? Will it be enough? These aren't questions you should be asking or having to ask when you're in retirement, are they? The value, the gains of risk are far less advantageous in retirement. Or I'm sorry, the, the the let's try that again. Compounding interest is muted in retirement. It's far it's highly muted by the effects of risk if risk if losses occur at the wrong time it's going to change the way your retirement looks so that's not the way i think a plan should look that's not the way that retirement was designed to be and if your retirement doesn't work this way if these are some of the questions you're sitting here asking or you don't have answers to some of the questions i um just put out to you
3: All right, ladies and gentlemen, that does it for the best of Fireproof Your Finances. I have been producer Mitch filling in for Michael and Vanessa. I hope you enjoy this brief look into history of the show. Until next time, God bless.
0: This has been Fireproof Your Finances. For more information, contact Michael J. Markey Jr. of Legacy Financial Network. Call toll free at 855-LF-NETWORK or online at LegacyFinancialNetwork.com.